0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny Two lore podcast. Um, I'm excited because we get to start a new series. I love starting a new series. Uh, we are starting the history of the Elixir. This is this is one of our many history lessons of Destiny because that's I mean that's kind of what what this whole lore thing is about is where have we been? What is our purpose? Where are we going? Uh and and we've we've covered some of the other races uh history and some of their their coming up through the galaxies. Obviously we, we've covered the cabal uh, from Torbottle Bottle all the way into all the way into Gaul and and beyond. Uh, we've covered the Books of Sorrow, which was the Hives history, all about the the Oryx and Sabatun and Zebu sisters. Uh and so now, oh, and we've covered the Awoken. We've even, we don't just do bad guys. We've done good guys too. Um, though I guess Awoken is kind of like little column A, little column B here. <laughs> uh, as if, I mean, if we're talking to Mara, we, we, don't, we don't know whose side she's playing. Yeah. Um, so we've done obviously the Awoken and now we're gonna do the Elixir. We're gonna we're gonna cover we're gonna see if we can follow because the Elixir this season have been uh very prevalent. Obviously this season is all about pirates piracy and pirates and yarg and and it's but but we don't really we we've never really had a a, a definitive beginning of the Elixni story. Like there's, there's never been like this, you know, like with, with the Cabal, it was, there was the great emperor um, uh, Acreus and everything stemmed from him with the, with the hive. There was this, you know, the, 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 the Osmium kingdom and, and all that stuff. And, and then, like even with the Awoken, there was Mara and and the and 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 the um, Exodus Green and and there's all these great beginnings. But the Fallen have always been, and ever since D1, they've always just been kind of this enemy that's there. You you see them, you fight them, you move on. They've never there, there's never really been a, a huge interaction until we started to get into stuff with Mythrax and and later on. Which of course I'm jumping ahead myself, as Myth will yell at me soon. Um, but yeah, myth, where, are, where does this story start?
1: Oh, boy. So the story of the Elixir, um, which for those that are unaware, although I don't know how at this point, uh, unless you haven't played in a while, uh, when we say Elixni, that is the uh, true term for the race that humanity refers to as the Fallen.
0: I guess I guess that's where we should start—is some definitions, right? Like, what is an elixir? What is a fallen? Why are they called fallen? Why are they called elixirs?
1: Yeah. So, as far as you know, it's it's the same thing. You know, an elixir is a fallen. It's referring to the the same uh, entities, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, and and as far as why does the why does they why are they referred to one over the other? Uh, it kind of depends on the situation and it depends on the the time period to a point. So the the Elixir race, you know, was a very proud race. They accomplished a lot of things, as we will see, before they ended up in the soul system and our humanities main enemy for a long time. Uh, humanity deemed them the fallen after learning that uh, they were primarily in the soul system chasing the traveler. Uh, fallen as in fallen from grace is kind of the implication. And the elixni started, their culture started to break down to the point that in some cases they started to think of themselves as that. They started to think of themselves as like, we are no longer the people we once were. We are now these shadows of our former glory. And so even internally, they started to refer to each other as fallen uh, in some cases and during some time period.
0: That's, that's gotta be a struggle too. Like that's a, I, if 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 somebody's if 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 one entity refers to another entity as something so often and 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 so many times that that just you start to assume, oh well I must be that like that's that's such a that's such a human humanoid or or humanizing thing about that that just I don't know that just mm-hmm. it really sticks with me that idea.
1: Yeah. So with that in mind though, we're going to we're going to go back in time a little bit here. Uh, to the beginning of the Eliksni society as, as we have seen it in the various lore cards and, and dialogues and stuff. Um, And uh, they started very similarly to how humanity started in the destiny universe. Uh, And in that they, they were a, you know, sentient race that was broken up into different um you know what we might refer to as nations different different groups uh on their home planet of Reese. Uh and, and say so they um yeah they they were going about their life uh with whatever level of technology they had we're, we're not sure exactly what but much like humanity they were visited by the traveler. And it was this visit that changed everything for them. Um, the traveler arrived, and you know they, uh, similar to, to how humanity had its golden age, the, the fall the elixir also had a golden age of their own with huge technological achievements and advancements. And um, they referred to the, the, the traveler as the great machine uh and we can actually get a description of what uh their home planet reese was like during this time from the d1 grimoire card uh interestingly enough from the mystery of the vault of glass uh and there were a few of these grimoire cards in d1 i believe you were finding uh dead ghost shells either in or around the vault and it would show a simulation, you know, of a place that it would show where that ghost had visited within the vault of glass, and it was typically a simulation of somewhere, uh, either in the past or in far, you know, far reaches outside the galaxy, because the Vex are pretty much everywhere, and they can simulate anything that's causal, perfectly.
0: So, so the story of the fallen starts with the vex. This is, <laughs> but for some vex reason, this is happening.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, through the eyes of this ghost that got lost in the vault, we are seeing what Reese used to look like. And uh, that lore card tells us this. The image clears of dirt and dust as a hand wipes the lens clean. A figure holds the ghost up looking into the lens. Harsh light from an unfamiliar sun backlights the four-armed creature, making it impossible to see its face. Its massive head turns, and clicking and chittering voice can be heard speaking to something off-screen. While the noises themselves are harsh, the tone and content seem almost gentle. A curious creature, not a violent or angry one. The lens refocuses beyond the creature's head as it talks, and a startling landscape climbs to the horizon. It's a paradise. Carefully tended lakes and rivers, water everywhere, wind their way between fields of lush iridescent crops into groves of starkly colored trees. Every inch of the land seems engineered, brushed by a sculptor's hand for form and function both. The sky is a light pink, spotted with clouds and crowded with ships. Thick lanes of aerial traffic soar through the air, tightly managed and seemingly endless. And beyond it all, above the clouds, hangs a perfect alabaster sphere. The image wobbles, shaking, flickering, as if the ghost is blinking. And then the fragment ends. That's the end of that lore card.
0: I, I that sounds like a really nice place absolutely now, but this but this this is just a so so i guess let me let me clarify here this is something that the ghost has seen inside the vault of glass as some sort of simulation that the vex have created
1: yeah so the the vex created a simulation of the Eliksni home homeworld while the traveler was there
0: presumably to study. Traveler stuff and all that stuff.
1: As well as probably study the Elixni because they sure. combat with them as much as they do us. Uh, and so they, the, this ghost stumbled into this simulation of what the Elixir home homeworld was like uh, Okay, while the Traveler was there.
0: Well, and, and I guess that's something to be said about uh, the Elixni as well. Uh, the Elixni are very much tinkerers, they're metalworkers, they're scrappers, yes. they're. Uh, they're, they're, they're builders. And so when it talks about how like the land had been molded, you know, by, by the hands of, of the Elixir, like that, it's very much. uh, um, And, and, and I guess I've never thought of it this way, but I guess like them already being tinkerers and scrappers, the traveler coming to them just kind of enhanced that even further by giving them more ways to tinker and scrap and, and, and build because they're, they're, they're very non, what would you call it? Like non wasteful, right? Like everything has a purpose um, for them.
1: Yeah. And uh, actually along those similar lines and, and thinking of this idealistic, you know, well, uh, you know, perfectly agricultured uh, landscape, the, the word Reese, R I I S in this spelling, it shares a very, shares the same pronunciation i believe as well as very similar spelling to the word reese in uh, ancient nordic which refers to like nature and gardeners and so it kind of harkens back to that very you know very nature and uh yeah bountiful landscape
0: yeah Okay, so we so we've got an idea of what uh, of what their homeworld was like, Reese, um, and we've we, we've heard of we've we've heard that name Reese before as well. Reese Walker, Reese Reborn. Like, like these are things that are in game that are reference. They're always referencing back to Reese the homeworld. So yeah. if you ever see something in game that you're like, oh, that's Reese, that's got to be something important. It is. It's 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 the Elixir-y, um but uh, again, Reese Reborn, and Reese Walker, anything like that is that, that remembrance of their homeworld? Yeah.
1: And not only was it very, um, you know, very pleasing on the eye as far as the, the flora and fauna go. Uh, the other thing about Reese was that ether was very plentiful. Um, it doesn't specifically state this anywhere I could find, but I, I am of the notion that ether was probably just in their atmosphere, in
0: Reese. That's that's what I think too. Like I think because because every time you see an elixir fallen, um, in game, I mean spider, uh, Mithrax, Ido, they all have some sort of ether breather or something like that. And and I, I've when I first saw them and I first started interacting with them, I thought it was like a drug, right? Like I thought they were doping themselves somehow. But the more and more I hear about it, and the more and more I look at it, I, I think you're right. I think it is a, a requirement for them to exist. Like, I don't think they can live without Ether. So I guess that kind of brings up a question of, where does Ether come from?
1: So you're absolutely right. They cannot live without Ether. Um, ether can be thought of as the equivalent to the elixir, um, as water is to humans. They don't need to oh, okay. be, you know, humans don't need to drink water every second of every day, but if you do not have a steady supply of it, you're good.
0: Okay. So it gives them some type of nutrients or or, or replenishment of something inside them. So I'm assuming like like part of their exoskeleton, because they, they, they are a, a cephalopod, correct?
1: They're described as such, yeah
0: so i'm I'm again making assumptions here, <clears throat> assuming they have some type of exoskeleton and 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 uh, something inside them requires ether to function um, to keep that being alive the way that water does for humans
1: yes okay, uh, and because ether was plentiful on their home planet i uh, and because we know that the um, the, the tradition, I guess you could call it, of docking limbs on uh, less powerful or, or less battle-worn uh, elixir was something that did not start until after they arrived in the soul system. Uh, it would imply that when the elixni were living on their homeworld, uh, all of them were, were grown to full maturity. Which is what we would assume as a captain in in game uh, so every single elixney used to when they when they were fully grown when they reached maturity used to look like captains do because okay. they had an endless supply of this this energy
0: and so that's that's kind of like their growth state then so they they'd start off. And I can't say they start off as a dreg because even when we look at dregs in game, Dregs Dregs are docked elixir. They've they've had two of their arms cut off. Uh, yeah. So presumably, from birth, they've always had four arms. Yeah. At least on Reese. All the way up through Captain Captain Hood, I guess.
1: Yeah. No, they. Um. Well, Vandals Vandals have all four. Um.
0: It's just That's Dregs right. that are docked. But and, yes. And and Marauders have. Four as well, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so all of them are traditionally born with four arms. Uh, those arms grow back uh, to a certain degree. Uh, they can they can sustain a certain amount of damage. And-
0: now, is it they can grow back at any point in time during their life, or is it like once they reach a certain age of maturity, like it just won't grow back? Because I know like Varix right now. Like if you go talk to Verex, he has a robotic. Or I think he I think he has two robotic.
1: I think he's got two. I think,
0: yeah. It's for some reason I remember him having two.
1: It's not a hundred percent clear how that process works exactly. I think it's, I think it's if they if they remove it beyond a certain point, it can't grow back. But if you leave enough of it there, because docked dregs, um, they're called docked not because they've not just because their their uh, bottom limbs have been removed, but also because. The stub of that limb has been has has a cap put on it to prevent it from growing back. And when they are promoted up to a uh, a vandal, that cap is removed, which allows the the arms to regrow in full.
0: And and again, all of all of that is more of a fallen thing like yes. as far as the elixney starting off that was all of that doesn't even exist it's reese is beautiful there's a traveler life is good
1: yeah so during the time of of the elixney's golden age on reese yeah that was not a practice um Dreg vandal captain or what we associate as Dreg vandal captain those were just the the stages of growth for elixne. like they okay. started as a hatchling. They grew into a a drag, which then grew into a vandal, which then grew into a captain, and that was mature.
0: And and we do have official names for hatchlings. They they are they are called smallin, <laughs> and they come in bandoliers. And you must carry them as grenades. <laughs> I'm sorry they're so cute i i i by my wife i i did this for my wife i got her the the small and plushie uh from the bungee store and it it's absolutely adorable but it, it looks like it should be a grenade in, in a bandolier like when you see them in in uh um the elixir quarter you see like a mother holding three or four of them they're like all they're like hooked to their their across their chest like three or four deep like it's it's just super adorable
1: it's pretty great But yeah uh and actually funny you bring them up so i uh, just to to really showcase the technological level the elixir were at during this time i uh, we can we can see that um their cloaking technology, the, the ones that like the marauders use to go invisible and yeah, such. Yeah. Those are not originally weapons. Uh, if we look at a quest dialogue from the House of Wolves between Petra and Varix, um Variks is referring to the Silent Fang in this dialogue, but he says that the Silent Fang are trained assassins sheathed in technology of old. Once my people were capable of many things, great things. Now we use simple optics, toys meant for hatchlings as weapons of war. So interesting. The the invis cloaks were literally children's toys to play the fallen version of hide and seek.
0: <laughs> I was going to say presumably to play hide and seek or or was it I guess there's the, I I thought of it the other half too. Like was this a protective toy? Like, they would be playing oh, with it, yeah. and now if a predator comes or something like that, that would come to attack the small, and now they have some way to go invisible and, and protect themselves. Maybe so. But, I, but I, like, I do like the idea of playing hide-and-seek with, with invisibility.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine the mayhem if human children were given invisibility Oh technology. god.
0: <laughs> oh, God. No, I refuse. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in Nope. 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 Okay, so we've got a we've got an idea of, of Reese. We've got an idea of of the growth of Elixnies. Um, where, where's where does this take us?
1: So Reese is this wonderful place. They've had all this technological advancement, and so the Elixni do what humanity did. They start to explore outside of their planet, outside of their solar system, even, which we did not accomplish.
0: I mean, to be fair, we tried, but uh, the, yeah. the darkness told us no.
1: <laughs> but we see this on um, the a legendary ship, actually, uh, also from D1, which was called Last Battle. And the flavor text on that ship says, The Elixni once ruled many stars, but now we fight for one, not our own, which is a quote from Varix uh okay so
0: the one star being soul right
1: they're they're here now fighting yeah. for our star uh whether they want to or not i guess but uh yeah. but the the that they once ruled many stars means that they were spread out to multiple solar systems which is kind of that's, crazy that's awesome
0: yeah that's i mean like like when we talked about the hive like it, it, the hive and cabal like them spreading out like they just kind of like hit a system conquered it moved on like it either it either died or or was absorbed whereas like the elixir is very much the opposite of that they're spreading out and and still and just growing just increasing not really absorbing it or at least from the sounds of it not really absorbing other other cultures or or technologies or or systems in this case whole whole solar systems um they're just kind of spreading out like that's it's it it, it it they're very i get this very peaceful idea in my head now when i start thinking of elixney mm-hmm. rather than this this these things that go invisible and piss me off because <laughs> i'm in a gm and it's killed me 6 times cuz it's invisible and i'm just like oh
1: and just remember that they are doing that with the elixni equivalent of a baby rattle. Fucking kids! God damn it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> these Elixni with their baby rattles are are destroying me. That's I I see that.
1: So okay, now during this time, the elixni houses still exist.
0: Okay, and these—that's was something I was going to ask you earlier, too. The the different nations is—are these what what? we now refer to as houses or, or have they always been called houses or how does, how does that all work?
1: Yeah. So it seems like they've always been called houses. Um, and it, it implies that at one point in time, they were very separate areas and then under the traveler, you know, everything kind of came together, but they still withheld their own individual house identities. And each house kind of took control of a different aspect of society to a point. Um, you know, I, the way I can think of it is like, I, uh, you know, in, in a given city, you've got your different districts. You've got, okay, this is the you know shopping district. This is the industrial district. This is the business district, whatnot. Um, similar kind of, kind of vibe with these where each house kind of had its specialty that it, it dealt with. Uh, but they were all part of the society as a whole.
0: And what does it, what does it mean to be part of a house?
1: So for the most part, people are born into a particular house, uh, or or the elixir are born into a particular house. Um, and like that, that entire house has a very familial feel to it. Uh, it's, you know, it's implied that if someone comes to you of your house that is, you know, in trouble, whether they're a complete stranger or not, if they are part of your house, then you are obligated and expected to help them. Uh, versus if they're not of your house, it, it. I mean, they were not at a time where they were like trying to, you know, snub each other, but they still... Yeah, it, it, it was this different feel. It was like helping a brother or helping a fa- you know, helping a family member versus helping, you know, just another Elixney that you didn't know, kind of thing.
0: Okay. And and we've we've looked at, at houses as well before and we talked about them in I mean, I mentioned them in game. Uh, they also have what a, a the head of the house, a kel. Yes. What what is what is that and what what all does that imply? Or, or entail, I guess.
1: Yeah, so um, they still had Kells during their uh, their golden age, and similar to how they, they do now, Kells were the head of a given house, uh, which meant they were responsible for the dealings of that house and upholding the um, kind of image of that house. Um, I guess a way to think of a Kell during this time period would be like the head of a um like the head of a clan in Japan or the chief of a native american tribe or or something along those lines
0: okay so not only not only responsible for the look looking out for their clan but like their well-being their health their yes. safety all of that like everything that that a that a a chieftain or, or a, a higher uh an elder of 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 a clan or, or something like that they are they are that level they are responsible for every every aspect of their houses uh uh not not way of life but like you know safety the the big one that i think of is like safety well-being yeah um all the for being provided for and all that
1: yeah absolutely now some of the houses that existed during this time bear the same name as what we are familiar with during d1 and d2 but a lot of them uh, either don't exist anymore or exist under a different name i uh, so the ones that existed during the uh kind of golden age uh was the house of dancers which we now know as the house of devils But even as the dancers, they were known to be exceptionally skilled with technology, but they were also known for their abundant generosity. Okay. Uh, They were apparently one of the most charitable houses at the time. Uh, Another house was the House of Gentle Weavers, which we now know as the House of Wolves. they were the creators of cloth and garments. Uh they would create uh swaddling cloths, which they called egg cloth for smallen, uh as well as burial shrouds for the elixir that had passed. Um and generally speaking they made art. They they uh, as it states in their uh grimoire card, they nurtured life with art.
0: Okay. So if- the, the, I'm I'm getting a really cool picture right now of the Elixnia of just this very peaceful society. That just, I mean, you 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 have your different nations like the the different houses, but there's there's not really any conflict. There's nothing. That, these are really nice guys. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh,
1: so a few other houses. Um, there's the House of Stone which was the house tasked with the defense of the eliksni people. Um, you know, House of Stone was meant to be the barrier, the wall between okay. any threats and the eliksni peoples.
0: So def- definitely have to have some type of military might to protect all this mm-hmm. goodness that's going on. That makes sense.
1: Uh there was the House of Rain who were oracles and prophecy makers.
0: Okay, like a like a rain dancer.
1: Yeah, kinda. Um, I'm not sure what their, their ritual was to develop these prophecies, but they would be the ones to inform people. Like they, they would do some, some mundane things like, um, you know, meteorology, the, you know, provide what the weather was going to be like and, and direct how crops were to be grown and those kinds of things. Um, but they had some more drastic prophecies as well, the most infamous being they. this is the house that created the prophecy of the Kell of Kells. You know, the one, oh. kind of their King Arthur almost, the one king, the one Kell to unite everybody under one house.
0: One Kell to rule them all.
1: <laughs> kind of. Uh, okay. There is the House of Judgment, which does still exist with a sole known member in game right <laughs> now. I was right going to say
0: there's just one of them now,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is Varix, uh who is who is of House Judgment. And House of Judgment is interesting because it would be it would be very easy to call them the politicians.
0: I was going to say when I when I think of Judgment, I'm thinking obviously judges that uh, very much do judicial judicial system. That's a hard word to say <laughs> the judicial system of a society. Like we've already seen a military branch. We've seen a, we've seen a, a prophecy branch, we've seen the weavers, all that. But now, now judgment to me definitely seems like it would be some type of uh, political um, branch.
1: And you, you wouldn't be incorrect, but there's more to the story with them uh so oh. house judgment were were the judges and the deliberators and they presided over pretty much any kind of disagreement that required uh you know a council uh, a council to come to a decision um cuz you know this was this was a very peaceful time but that didn't mean there wasn't you know still Squabbles between neighbors and you know those kinds of things.
0: Like, what are they? What are they fighting over? Like, hey, that guy (laughs) stole my rock. I really want (laughs) it back. Well, I like this rock, and I'm going to keep it. Well, we should go talk to the judges. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like with such a peaceful society, it it does seem a little odd that it would that there would be a, a set of, of judgment. But I guess they, you're right. I mean, there would be. There's there's no such thing as a utopia, right? like like right. this is getting pretty close to being described as a utopia. <laughs> but there's got there's got to be conflicts eventually. Like that's that's just. Human nature, yeah, or Lixney nature, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and House of Judgment was weird in this instance because um, there's a discussion between Ido and Varys, where Ido is asking Varix like, what, what was House of Judgment like? Why, why was Judgment so important? And Varix described them as, I, uh, they held no political power like they they had no one under their command in any way um yet the sheer breadth of their experience and the knowledge that they had about various subjects was so indisputable and highly regarded that it was expected that house judgment be at any kind of deliberation and their opinion even though they held no power as a house their opinion was so highly valued that it would it could swing the the way events went
0: interesting
1: so it okay in my head i get this this interesting combination of like very um selfless and society serving politicians. Uh that's such
0: that's such an odd <laughs> like that's such an odd thing to try to think of and picture. But I I I get it. Like I see where this is I can see where that would where yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's essentially like if you were to take an expert in a given field and tell them You are, you know, more than anyone about whatever the subject is, we're going to, you're going to be a part of this house and your opinion in your expert field is going to be very highly regarded in any, uh, you know, governmental capacity, even though like you, you aren't going to be a part of the government.
0: I don't know. It's it's a um, weird almost, situation. almost like their word is like taken as like law of the land type thing. In a lot of ways, yeah, yeah. Interesting, but still, but not, but not being in any sort of, I, I don't want to say any sort of power, but I mean, obviously, if they're able to, if their if their knowledge and their word is able to to shape and change, I, I guess decision making, like they they do have power, but it's not like a. It, they don't hold it over other people by having that's such a
1: it's a very man it's a very odd concept to wrap your head around
0: it really is because like my instant thought is like well they're going to become a pompous arrogant ass and they're just but they just don't
1: and that that's the thing it's like what if what if this high ranking member of society just wasn't an asshole (laughs)
0: That's like like <laughs> that, I that concept doesn't exist in human society, man.
1: <laughs> and there's a whole house of them. Like there's a whole bunch that, of, that don't,
0: of them that don't make sense.
1: So, regardless, <laughs> that that was House of Judgment during this time.
0: Oh my uh, God! That's such that's that's cool, man. I know. Good, I'm, I'm liking. I'm so far. Old st- old school Elixir seems like the <laughs> utopian society. Like, there's nothing wrong with this, and I don't understand how they how they got from there to here now. Like, this is this well, is a big jump to what they are now. We
1: will find out how they got from there to here. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, just a few other houses, um, the House of Kings, which uh, until recently was still in game uh, until Forsaken. I uh, and the House of Kings mostly strove for elixir unity above all else. Um, it doesn't really mention a specific, uh, uh thing that they did or they specialized in, other than their main goal was uniting, uh, trying to do that, like unite unite all houses under one banner. Uh, sure. There's the House of Winter, which um existed in D1, but it does not in D2, and they were seekers of knowledge and research. Uh, They were, in a lot of ways, the warlocks of the Eliksni culture. They were the ones, you know, really pushing the envelope on, uh, you know, theoretical physics and, you know, chemistry and, you know, they would create the designs and understand the laws of nature that allowed the House of Dancers to create things like their flying vehicles and and whatnot.
0: Okay, so very much the scientist of the yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's I think that would be my house. I'm I I'm trying to like put myself in Alysny's shoes, and I'm like, which house would I be? Though though being the no, I couldn't be judgment because I'm a human, and that therefore <laughs> I would become an arrogant asshole eventually. But uh, yeah, I, I think I I think I'd vibe pretty well with the, the scientists, the the house House of Winter, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, house, of, and I like it cold, so that's just well, there. You go. Yeah. Perfect fit. There we go. Uh,
1: and then there was the last house, which is the House of Scar, uh, which we really don't have a whole lot of info about um, outside of how they ended, <laughs> which oh no, we'll we'll talk about here shortly. So okay. We have this very idealistic society across multiple star systems broken up into these various houses that all have very, uh, you know, society serving goals and specialities. But unfortunately it all comes to an end. Uh, The Elixni are beset upon by the pyramid ships heralded by Oryx and perhaps the witness in their version of the collapse, which they refer to as the whirlwind.
0: So, so Oryx, Oryx is the one leading this charge into, into Elixni territory for as, as a, I guess not because, because Oryx is never referred to as a disciple of the witness, but definitely a, a heralder of, of darkness essentially. Oh Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and we don't know for sure if the witness was there. It's just, why wouldn't he be, you know? Um, right.
0: But, he and Oryx were best buds.
1: Right. But Oryx was for sure there. And, you know, with the arrival of these pyramid ships, the Traveler fled and left the Eliksni to fend for themselves.
0: And th- now that's, that's one thing that I want to focus on, too. That instance of the Traveler leaving, that is the... It, it, well, uh, for my understanding, that is the only instance that we have of, of in any recorded history for Destiny, of the traveler abandoning a, uh, I guess, society, a, 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 a race, a, a set of of beings, to j- and just jet and just be like, I'm out.
1: Uh, no, in the books of sorrow, as. Oryx is chasing. Oh, the traveler. that's right. He harmony. And yeah, they, that's right. That's right. The harmony and the Ecumene, and they, they come across Acumine, a number that's of right. races that seem to have had interactions with the traveler, uh, or it's implied even if it's not like explicitly stated. Um, so yeah, you know, in this case, I, I think this was just the latest one where the traveler came and had enough time to truly, enlighten and rise up, you know, have this race rise up in, in potential uh, before, you know, its shadow caught up with it and it, it bolted again.
0: Because that's something that, uh, obviously, with the Traveler comes the light. Mm-hmm. So, uh, presumably, the Eliksni had access to the light.
1: In the form of splicers
0: right
1: so the the elixir channeled the light again some a lot of this is assumption just based off of what we know now but the elixir most likely channeled the light via their technology the way that they do with the splicer gauntlet and season of the splicer uh, where they can they can access light energy as it exists on any given planet to power their technology but they cannot wield it in the way that you know guardians can
0: they can't wield it paracausally they they can just they can use it just have it right they just have it as a tool to be used Uh, presumably they could do the same with darkness maybe and just channel it through possibly the same splicer tech
1: yeah i mean i assume that's how aramis uses stasis right Right. she has the that sliver that that Prism, and you
0: always see her activating it from from her gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I I think I think it works the same way. I think it's the I think it's the same thing that they can do it. They can do they can channel it into something that they can do, but they they can't just willy nilly free wield it without some sort of some sort of um, uh, technological thing to interface with it.
1: Yes, I... okay and we uh we kind of get a glimpse at what this was like from varix uh this is from the grimoire the d1 grimoire card of varix the loyal uh where varix describes you know the the event Uh, and he says first the great machine then sky fell away whirlwind ripped away the past all honor lost all hope judgment not enough and uh jesus so like this is this is a yeah sky shock event for for yeah, the elixir yeah.
0: for um, the elixir yeah absolutely
1: and one that they did not necessarily have prior notice on uh you know they didn't have a, a rasputin to to be like oh shit things things are bad things are happening
0: save save the save the elixir people, yeah. nope, they just everything's shut, everything just boop, gone, Traveler's out, light's gone, sucks to suck, bye pretty much that's gotta that's gotta be such a such a i mean to have the light and to have it to have this utopia and to just have it all just ripped away essentially overnight,
1: yeah and and in such a violent manner yeah. Uh, we, that doesn't mean they didn't try and fight back uh, because we, they had the House of Stone and uh, right. Chelchis or Chalkis, uh, of the House of Stone stood against the invading darkness long enough to allow for the other Elixni houses to try and escape before eventually Ooh. being killed or taken themselves by Oryx uh, and we, we see evidence of this in a few different items. Um, the first is from Destiny 1. Uh, it, w- it was an artifact, which is not a thing in D2 anymore. Uh, but it was an artifact called the Broken Crown. And the flavor text on that said, Elixny songs still tell of Chelchus Kel of Stone, who stood before the Maw. Uh, oh. And then we have from the legendary scout which is now in destiny 2 via king's fall the doom of chelchis uh where we see the Kell of stones final words uh before presumably before being defeated by oryx and and uh, in the flavor text it's just chelchis saying where is the great machine where is the great machine you know realizing that they've they've been abandoned
0: such such a loss like that where is the great machine, like looking for an answer, like, I mean, they, they've had it for presumably centuries. Yeah. And for it to just be gone. Now you have nothing like it's, it's such a void.
1: And, uh, we see a little continuation of that on the adept version of doom of child which actually has a different flavor text. Um, and that one is again, you know, the Kell of stone saying all is silent. Nothing answers me. The hunger comes. So that's Jesus. assuming that either you know the great maw, and the hunger are are maybe the him or or you know them being in the process of being taken by oryx having uh
0: having fallen, and then turned into a gun, and
1: then turned into a gun, turned into the doom of Cheltrus' gun.
0: Yeah. That's right, kids. Oryx does did the same thing that we do. We run around willy nilly, guardians turning entities into guns. Oryx <laughs> did it first.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, seeing the House of Stone be eradicated, this grand defensive military be eradicated—that's
0: that has got to be devastating to the entire Elixni people. Like, yeah, what do you, what do you do when you're when your entire military just bloop blips out of existence, essentially?
1: But They were successful in at least buying enough time for some of the houses for some of the citizens of the houses to board catches to board ships and get off planet uh and apparently provided enough of a distraction and enough of a defense that these ships were able to flee Uh, and we see that from uh, the lore book achilles weaves a cocoon uh, as part of the chapter uh, entitled "And Also Light," uh, Namrask, who is a Elixni, is speaking to Mithrax uh, about this time period, and uh, that little that little blurb goes like this. And he says, "Reese, I was there, you know." Namrask whispers, "At the whirlwind after." Chelchis fell. I sent ships to follow the great machine. I abandoned all those houses that could not make war. And I ordered my fleet to hunt the machine and many rallied after us, which would imply to me that Namrask was the first to abandon Rhys and kind of start that domino effect of all of the other houses retreating.
0: It's like, it's like, it's like escaping a sinking ship, right? Like, as soon as one, soon as one leaves, everyone's like, "That's it, that's game over." But we got to get the hell out of here. Jesus, man, that's. I we always we always talk about the humanities collapse, but I I think humanities collapse truly. It was it was a bad time, right? Like it, it obviously the 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 risen came afterwards, and and the and the warlords. So like there was this there was this period afterward of like this, what the hell do we do now? But like this version of of a collapse, it it's it's so jarring. Like there there was no there were no ghosts. There was no afterwards. It was like traveler left, darkness is here. You're all dead. Full stop. And they like, like the only thing to do is to escape, is to run. And for so many of these different houses and all these different elixne to look at it and go, well, what the hell do we do now? Like we've had this utopia for for centuries and decades and da 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 da. But for for one for one elixir to just be like, we got to chase it. We have to chase after it. We have to follow it because that was that was the only thing that was kind of helping us. I don't I don't want to say it was the only thing that was helping them but it, like it was such a a a part of their life it was it was so ingrained in them that it's like well that's we have to follow that thing we have to follow the great machine i mean so much so that like they would build um a little i don't know i don't know what to call them statues of the great machine like that's the greatest mm-hmm. gift was to give somebody a, a miniature traveler that that they had built like that was that that that's and and we see that even today in in current elixir culture that like having having an image of the traveler is like it it that's very sacred it's very maybe not sacred but it's very it's very highly thought of it's 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 a it's a very cool thing to have a very very prominent and and noble thing to to be given um a gift like that so yeah i i i definitely can't I can't fault him for saying abandon ship, chase that thing. But at the same time, it's like, man, like what, do, you, how do you, how do you unite a people like that of just chase that thing?
1: Well, it's not to say that some didn't try to, to offer some level of stability in, in this grand retreat. And that is where the house of judgment actually comes back into play. Uh, so the house of judgment split itself amongst the houses, uh, in order to provide some level of stability and, and guidance. Uh, and we see that through, um, some flavor text on a quest, uh, called gone to ground, which was in destiny one. Uh, and in that flavor text, uh, it says the house of judgment shall have no catch but it will live among the other houses to guide the Kells and keep their secrets. This is our pact. So house judgment, I uh, knew that there was going to be a need for guidance and a need for, uh, someone to keep record of culture. And so sure. they split themselves up amongst the the various houses to try and, accomplish that for as many as they could.
0: I mean that that would definitely like I mean the fact that their their word is law of the land type thing, like that's that's I that makes sense to me.
1: Uh but they were not a hundred percent successful. Um because now during this this time uh of of retreat to an unknown location i presumably they're just following you know the energy signals or or whatever method of tracking they have uh of the traveler which can apparently travel much faster than they can
0: Uh, (laughs) pretty pretty fast for a giant moon (laughs) yeah um
1: you know as as you might imagine supplies came pretty scarce. Uh, and this is where we see the formation of the first kind of pirate crews uh, forming.
0: Yarg.
1: So this was, this was a period in time referred to as, as the long drift for the Elixir, which we've actually heard a lot about in this in this last season, uh, the, the season of plunder. Um, but what we don't hear about is the Edge Wars, which Ooh. also happened during this time. Uh, so the the long drift and to kind of set the stage for where, uh, you know, what the the feelings were at this time. Um, we're going to look at the Catch Killer Gloves, which are from Season of Plunder. Uh, and on there we have uh, presumably our Guardian asking uh, Ido. About what like what were this time what was this time period? Um and uh she tells us the old crews rose in the wake of the whirlwind during what we elixni refer to as the long drift, the span of time between the fall of Reese and our arrival in the solar system. I believe the equivalent period would be your dark ages though reese did not have risen or iron lords instead we had the crews as you can imagine this period was quite lawless as the stability and abundance of reese was no more this resulted in what i believe is called a zero sum game a situation in which every gain or advantage is earned at the expense of another several fearsome individuals rose to great power and authoritative prominence at that time the Elixni word for them translates to catch killer, meaning one who boards and wrests control of enemy ships. These catch killers commanded great fleets and raided many supply routes, procuring objects of historic or intrinsic value along the way. It is exciting to wonder what treasures they accumulated beyond those we've recovered already. So these crews formed out of this. This desperation, because yeah. the the houses that were able to leave were able to escape, they weren't presumably weren't you know stocked up on supplies, and even if they were, it was not a right.
0: limitless you know amount. You just kind of grab what you get your hands on, throw it on a catch, and haul balls,
1: and you have no idea how far you're going. Yeah. And uh, so we have this period of lawlessness with these catch killers. And even outside of the catch killers, the, the kind of pirating crews, there was infighting amongst the houses as well. Uh, we see this again in, in the, um, the Variks book, Most Loyal, uh, in the Job Undone chapter. There's a section where uh, Varric says, about this time period, he says, Now there was all but nothing left of his culture. Only pirates and scavengers and lone wolves, like the days before. No trust, no honor, no way to be necessary.
0: Uh, and that's that necessary. That's that's something that uh, uh, we hear a lot of from Variks about being necessary. Like being like... I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like how being so important that you are required. So yeah. that's, that's like your safety chip. Like that's your safety bargaining or as that's, that's your bargaining chip or safety, whatever. Um, but for at that point in time where there's just no law, so law of the land doesn't just flat out, doesn't matter who cares what you say. I've, I need to survive. I've, I've got piracy on my side. Like I see that thing. I go, I go raid it. I take it. I do whatever. Like, that's, man, that's, it's, it's amazing that anything survived that period.
1: It, it is. And Variks, uh goes on to describe in the D1 grimoire card for Varix the Loyal, uh, there's a section where, where he says that, uh, yeah, Varix was not able to keep the wolves from the kings or the scar from the winter. All fell to fighting, fell to hate. So, there so were...
0: presumably those different houses literally died out well, because of...
1: Yeah, we, we know the wolves survived, but the wolves and kings right. had an altercation. But I, I think the Scar, House of Scar, was literally destroyed by House of Winter.
0: Holy cow.
1: Because they are never mentioned again.
0: I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, that that, that level of lawlessness of just desperation for survival... That's, that's all it is. There's no, there's, there's God, that's, that's just, that's mind blowing to think of utopia, whirlwind, death. Like it's like, it's, it's so immediate. It's so fast and so rapid. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to really like comprehend that level of downfall of, 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 of a society. But I mean, like it, it, it's it's, and we hear this throughout all of this season, uh, season of the plunder, of you know, you had you had your you had your your captain of of your ship, they had their crew, they if they happen to non, upon another ship, get, you know, get to get to the captain, kill the captain, take the loot. Captain gets the 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 winning captain essentially gets his his. Share of the of the plunder, the rest gets divvied up as as the crew sees fit. And if someone takes more than their share, and we've seen that throughout different uh, lore cards too, they they're eliminated. So it's it's all this, it's it's such a lawless time. Like it is it it's, and and Ido even mentions it too of like the fantastic level of of you know the the pirates and yay and pirates are brutal, dude. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It's not just this fantasy world of 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 drinking rum on a beach it's it's pretty rough lifestyle to to live and to and to and to continue. so any of the elixni that have survived that level of of time are pretty ruthless are pretty pretty gnarly dudes.
1: they are, and even their culture is changing during this time uh
0: this is where we see is this is this where we start to see like stuff like docking uh
1: i I don't know if we've seen docking quite yet, although I wouldn't be surprised um because this is what this is where we started seeing ether rationing
0: and oh yeah, yeah
1: ether rationing turned into like you get as much ether as you are worth uh with the weaker members of, of a, you know, crew um, getting less because they participated less, which essentially, sure. and, and this is a hard concept to, to think about because we, you know, humans don't necessarily have the same, um, you know, growth stages that a, an elixir would, but uh, the amount of ether they get directly relates to how much they grow. So dregs, when you're fighting a dreg, a dreg is not that way because they were born a dreg. A dreg is that way because they are an elixne that is getting the bare minimum ration of ether to stay alive they They are God. we are fighting malnourished members of the elixir when we're fighting dregs, and a dreg has to prove themselves in combat. they have to be. Show that they are valuable to get a larger portion of ether, which then allows them to physically grow into a vandal. So, like they they are malnourished and have a stunted growth until they can get more ether.
0: And and the only way to get more ether is to prove themselves. Is
1: to prove themselves. But they're,
0: but they're already malnourished, so it's like this. Jesus, like, how are there? how are they still fallen existing <laughs> yeah or the lick snake like how do they still exist like that's just that's mind blowing so the
1: other big change to the culture that we see during the period of the long drift is the rise of a new um class i guess in their society uh so you know we we've got the dregs vandals captains at this point but now rise the archons uh this was not oh. this was not a role that existed before um but the the archons are technically between a captain and a kel they're they you can kind of okay. think of the archon as like the vice president they're they're the one that people bring all their problems to and only if the archon decides that the kel needs to intervene does the kel get involved with something. Okay, Uh, But the Archons came about, uh, again, due to need. Um, So we see this in the lore book called Lawless Frontier in the chapter Evolution of Faith. And it tells us, Archons had long been elevated in fallen society, but their stature grew and their role shifted following the whirlwind. As desperation took hold and the last of the fallen raced across the stars in search of salvation, their dependence on machines evolved into a deep rooted need. Their weapons to fight, their ships to fly, their servitors to survive. That need became worship. That worship became faith. And the Archons those who oversaw the care and consecration of the servitors were looked upon to provide hope through their words, teachings, and interpretations of the machine's wants, needs, and desires. And that's where that section Holy ends. Cow.
0: So, So So it, it, it's interesting that they mentioned servitors because that's something we haven't even talked about yep. yet. Um, as well as shanks so this is actually a perfect uh, (laughs) entry here (laughs) what is a servitor what does it do why does it exist
1: yeah so servitors are incredibly important to elixir not only how they've built their society in the soul system but also in function uh now it doesn't say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if servitors have actually been around since their golden age, since their, their time in Reese, uh, because if they did colonize other star systems, I assume that every planet they went to was not an ether rich environment.
0: Right. It's it's just like us with oxygen, like right. oxygen doesn't exist on every planet unless we put it there or we find some way to synthesize it there.
1: Right. And the Eliksni had the, the same challenge to overcome. You know, sure. how, do we, how do we live somewhere that doesn't have this, this ether sustenance? And what they did was they developed servitors. Servitors take organic material and turn it into ether.
0: Okay. So that definitely explains one of our earlier questions. Where the hell the, do they get ether from? Yes. It all comes from some sort of servitor.
1: Yes, it all comes from a servitor. And that that is why, and they're showing here that not only were archons seen going from essentially engineers to priests to like this religious icon, but the servitors as well are considered. I
0: mean, they're like the givers of life.
1: Exactly. They they often refer to, uh, in d1 and d2 there's references of different houses treating their house servitor as like a demigod essentially
0: but it's it's just a machine like it does it does a servitor have sentience
1: that's a good question um presumably they're all built uh but i think and and this is maybe what they they mean the archon was relied upon to know what the servit what the machines needs and wants were. Okay. So similar, I guess, to to the speaker. Honestly, in a lot of ways, like yeah. they have a a member, you know, the archon of their house that is not only doing the maintenance on servitors and weapons and and ships, but is also the one to interpret what is needed like what the the doctrine from that's their a, house that's servitor a dangerous is.
0: game to play oh it is that's a dangerous game to be playing that like i mean we saw what happened to our speaker because something thought that that talked for something else so oh, man that's a dangerous <laughs> game um well that's that's the other thing too a servitor is round for a specific reason, yeah. it's literally been designed as as the likeness of the traveler.
1: Yes, yeah, it is. It is that's, a effigy to the great machine,
0: right? And and the other term that's brought up obviously here is archon. I'm trying to think throughout all of in game. Do we ever come across an archon? I I can think of one instance, but I can't think of anything outside of that.
1: So, I think there are a few times that we do. The The Archon that everyone will probably at least know the name of is Fickrel. Fickrel was an Archon prior to oh, right. becoming the fanatic.
0: Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. I was thinking Wrath of the Machine. That, too. Yeah. Holy shit. Fickrel was... Damn, I totally forgot about. It. The, and then the other the other thing that I thought of too. Um, now this is this is a very obscure reference. I feel like in in D one in the in the in the waning days of D one uh, during Rise of Iron, there's a there's a public event area you could go to, and I think it was called like Archon's Challenge or something like that. It was it was similar to like the Summoning Pit in um in the dreadnought where like you went there you you could actively start the event and and it would summon a, a you know tons and tons of ads and and there was a boss there and then like you could make it heroic and stuff like that by doing certain things and um and i i swear that there were archons in there too um
1: there i, there I don't been, remember uh you're talking in the Plague Lands? was this yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Like almost,
0: like as deep into the plague lands as you could go. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were archons there, given the context around the Siva crisis. But that—that's right. an event we'll talk about in more detail as we get there. Um,
0: I know I'm jumping ahead as usual. Yeah, but <laughs> another place
1: that that you we've seen archons is uh, from the prison of elders, the public event in the Tangled Shore and, and elsewhere uh, where you're opening a um, prison pod and a big fallen comes out of it. That was an oh, archon yeah. that was imprisoned in the Prison of Elders.
0: Oh, okay. Man. We don't get to see those anymore now. Not, That's kind of a bummer. Really, no. <laughs> um, well, because the Tangled Shore's not there. So that public event's gone. Yeah, yeah. the public event only happened on the Tangled Shore. That's kind of a bummer.
1: But the uh, but this you know this informs people not only of the you know this this archon role, but also like servitors are a big deal, and I, yeah. I don't think people people don't understand what is happening when you're killing servitors. So,
0: oh no, are you gonna make me sad for kill? I already <laughs> feel bad for killing dregs. Are you gonna make me feel bad for killing servitors now too?
1: Well, think about it. Oh, God. When you go through the strike to kill Sepix Prime, who is yeah. the ma- the prime servitor of the, uh, I think that's the House of Devils. That's the House of
0: Devils. Yeah, I think it's House of uh, Devils.
1: Yeah. That means Sepix Prime is creating probably a large majority of their food stores via Ether. So by by killing a servitor, you are damn it myth. you are starving the elixir of the house that it belongs to.
0: Now I can't run strikes anymore. <laughs> oh man. This, All right.
1: This is also why it was such a big deal when uh during Season of the Splicer there were the um the The citizens of the city that tried to take the law into their own hands and vandalize yeah. the uh, Elyksne
0: quarter, they yep.
1: I don't think they were successful. They they blew up ether reserves.
0: I was going to say I know they smashed the tanks and stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think they killed the servitor though, although they were going to, if I recall correctly. Um, Jesus, but that again, that would have been such a huge blow to House Light to lose. It- a servitor and
0: i guess that's the question too like if they lose the servitor since it is just a machine is it i mean could they presumably rebuild it or repair it or it but it seems like if that servitor goes down it it's it's i mean we talked about it like a religion like that servitor goes down that is a death that is that is treated with a funeral as such. like it's so i guess would they build it i mean they'd have to or they die right it Unless if they were that devoted to it, right, right. Unless if they were like that devoted to it, to like once that servitor goes down, they're just like, well, I guess we're out of ether. We die. <laughs> like that's that's a mind blowing concept. There,
1: I assume that they rely on their house's archon to to make another to provide or make more yep. of them or yep. rebuild it or I can or whatever. see that. Um, which again, yeah. you know just lends more to that level of reverence for the Archon, because, like, you know, if they're the That's ones... That's probably why we
0: don't see much anywhere. Like, we yeah. don't see them out in the wild. I feel like they're very... They're very uh, they are very, a very protected being amongst the houses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if the Archons, you know, are the main ones that do maintenance on the machinery, including the servitors, then, like, losing an Archon is almost worse than losing the servitor. Because, Jesus. you know, now, now it's, you have no option to you get it back. You have nothing.
0: You have literally nothing. Like, that's, that's, that's gotta be the end of a house. Like, if mm-hmm. if the, if the house Archon goes down, that, I feel like that would be the true end of the house. Jesus, man, that's, that's a rough way to, hmm. That's, I mean, that's a lot of power, too. Like, I'm amazed at the archon. but, but again, like, thinking back to House Judgment, like, they're selfless they're selfless public figures whereas the archons are essentially the same thing but i guess the archon knows that it can't really lord its power over everyone because it's also reliant on the ether right. that's being produced so it's like it's that's such an interesting concept that it's it, every single part of this society is so integral on every other part of this society and 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 not just for like existing, like surviving, living, like that's that's mind blowing.
1: Uh, and we get a uh, an up close and personal glimpse at what it was like during the Long Drift, uh, and actually one of the most recent lore books, uh, which is a lore book entitled Above All Else. And uh, the very first chapter, which is called "The Long Drift," goes like this: My family named me Ethrix, meaning "Sturdy Heart," and held me aloft in the shadow of the great machine. My birth name was chosen to extol my strength as a hatchling. My chosen name would be aspirational. On my third molting. I chose the name Enox, gentle hands. I would be the greatest weaver our house had ever known. I was so sure of it. And then our world ended. Then I was sure of nothing. The end of civilization came from the outside in, like a hand slowly closing around a throat. At first, it didn't feel real. Reese was gone, and my house was trapped aboard a catch, knowing that there was nothing at our backs. For so long, we broadcasted distress calls into the dark, hoping for others on the long drift to find us and offer succor. Help never came. Every satellite world we visited, the story was the same. Desolation. Death. Despair. Weeks of searching turned into years, and I feared we were the only ship that slipped between those proverbial fingers of destruction. Were we the last? We had to continue hoping that it wasn't so. As we drifted among the stars, we inevitably lost members of our house along the way. I wove the finest memorial shrouds for our dead, so that they could rest in security, in peace. Then, as the egg cloth ran out, we could not give them the dignity of binding. My gentle hands were eventually used to separate dead meat from carpus. We would not starve in the dark. My son was brought into this world of isolation, abandonment. And suffering. I should have crushed his egg and woven it into cloth, a regret I will always carry. My sentimentality for the old world won out, and bitter hope for the future stayed my hand. I named him after my father. I did not know if we would carry on our house's tradition of birth names and chosen names. What purpose did it serve now? Did it matter? My son's father died weeks after the birth. He was not missed. It was better that way. His death was something I did not regret.
0: It would be years
1: before we encountered another catch. It bore the sigil of the house of dancers, renowned for their skill with machines and their generosity to those in need. There Kell agreed to send an emissary to discuss our needs. I knew this emissary, Aramis, when we were children. All I knew of her in adulthood was that she had a wife and hatchlings. I had hoped the whirlwind had taken it all from her, and I hated myself for wanting that. But Aramis was no longer the weak child I once knew. That much was certain when I greeted her aboard my catch. She brought two hatchlings with her, just barely old enough to walk on their own. They were mischievous little things, the round one constantly trying to tug the taller one's arms off until Aramis disciplined them. I carried my son, swaddled to my chest, as a show of trust. Negotiations between us were tense. I quickly realized that the House of Dancers had no interest in sharing their resources, but rather in assessing our own vulnerabilities. When it was clear to Aramis that we could not be easily disabled and stripped of our ether, we found a compromise. House of Dancers would be supplied with materials for repairs, and in return we would take on some of their people along with a fractional store of ether. She was sending them to die with us rather than condemn them to the cold and uncaring depths of space where her people could see. I learned who Aramis had become and what ideals she lived by. Two hands in greeting, two hands concealed. It was an inequitable deal, and Aramis knew it. Your alternative is death, she offered me a coward's voice slipped out of my mouth when i declined that choice i asked her where her wife was hoping i would inspire her to feel for a moment as hopeless as i did but she did not so much as flinch and then hoisted the two hatchlings onto me they were not hers as i had assumed but the first of the house of dancers that we would take in the exchange too many hands, not enough ether to go around. The simplest solution was also the most difficult one. We had to find a way to thin our numbers again. And that's the end of that lore card. Jesus,
0: Smith. That, that That escalated quickly. I, I was not ready for that. <laughs> I was not ready. I should have smashed his egg. Like what? Okay. Yep. I. I don't know what to say here. We get our first look at Aramis. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Holy crap! I mean. Like that's that's okay. Holy crap. Uh Man, long haul was bad. Yeah. <laughs> super, super, super freaking bad. Gosh. Like that's I I I don't I don't know what to say right now, man. I'm I'm just I'm like shell shocked right now. It's just the level of brutality. That's there, like I mean, just willing to just like, I, I mean, I I guess I on the one hand I get it. Okay, so on the one hand I get it, right? Like you're you're in, you're in a space like like you're 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 born into a, a utopian society, everything is great. You're going to be the finest weaver ever, and and then this collapse happens, this whirlwind happens, and you're just thrown to the freaking wind, like just out and out in the ether out in the out in the nether out in the void out in the nothingness and and all you have is what you have on you you're jumping planet to planet to planet and and everywhere you go it's just like nothing and then you finally come across another catch which is of your own kind and so you, in your mind you're like okay well this has got to be helpful but but even along that way up until that catch like you're you've, you're starting to run you're running out of supplies, like. The 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 it talked about the burial costs, like not being able to to provide the 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 dignity that w- that would normally come with an elixir death. Like and and then to and then hey, here's a hatchling born. I should have just put it out of its misery before we even started. Like that's that's mind blowing. And then father dies. And then now that Oh my god, I, this is still like, I'm, I'm still like processing this idea. My hands would be used to tear meat from, from carcass, basically. We would not go hungry. They're eating their own dead.
1: Because they have no other choice.
0: Holy shit. Whirlwind was bad the long drift was worse yeah and then they come across this other catch and and it's got house of dancers on it right like oh hey these are yeah and and then this this Aramis comes over oh hey you're this timid little nope battle hardened whirlwind hardened long drift hardened Aramis comes over like hey we're going to make an exchange here you know you're gonna accept or die, and and essentially they're just like I I kind of have an idea what's gonna happen, but um, then to just throw her these these two hatchlings like hey these aren't even my kids I'm just giving I'm just giving hatchlings away I'm not gonna feed these little shits I'm going back to my ship and I'm gonna have you know just like we see in fallen society now where the stronger are gonna get stronger the weaker they're shoved off to the side. And apparently eaten, um, yeah. Holy crap! Yep.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it was some bad times, and um, the long drift was a very long time. I, you know, they're they're talking, we're talking about centuries. Years. We're talking decades. Uh, so. It's hard to say for sure. Um, but I I I mean, I would say at least decades. Like they're they're okay. talking about they drifted for many years before her, you know, son was born, and then they drifted many more years until they actually encountered Aramis. Uh so okay. I'm I'm thinking it was you
0: know at least decades.
1: Well, it, it had to have been. Honestly, it had to have been centuries because between while they're on the long drift, humanity's in their golden age.
0: Oh yeah, because the Travelers
1: with us at this point.
0: Travelers with us now. Now they're racing to, or not racing. They're trying to chase it down, and it got here a lot, lot faster than they did. Yeah, and
1: I mean, and I mean, we, we had
0: we had centuries, right. Of go, wow, and that
1: entire time they're literally just drifting through space, dealing with these hardships. Jesus. Stealing from each other because there's, there's that's nothing all, that's else all. That's all you
0: have. There's nothing. It's a void. It's just... Holy cow. Okay. Well, now that I'm all <laughs> sobered up... What... <laughs> <laughs> What the hell comes next? Yeah. There. Well. Okay. Well, before we jump there, uh, there is one entity that we haven't talked about at all, and that's Shanks. Yeah. What What are Shanks, and and are they important, or or is that or are Shanks, are Shanks a fallen thing, not an Elixir thing?
1: Um, I we don't see them referenced in any of the elixir specific stuff. Uh, however, there's nothing that says they couldn't have existed during that time uh, shanks seem to be exactly what they what they look like they are they're not revered in the same way that servitors are because they don't produce food they don't produce ether right um they are purely just scouting machines essentially
0: I... Well, scouting machines with with uh, firepower. True. So yeah. I I would think presume, presumably I would think that once House Stone fell, like now they're just being created out of out of necessity type thing. That
1: would yeah that would make a lot of sense.
0: I... That's that's what I would think. But other than that, they're just kind of like it's a shank who gives a shit type thing, right? That's like, kind
1: of the feeling I get.
0: I mean they don't e- they don't even have a crit spot. They're the only <laughs> thing in the game that doesn't even have a crit spot. So. I mean, they can't be that important. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Now I I do think there's was maybe a little more connection to the shanks, um, perhaps back during the, the Reese age of the elixir, uh, because I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I recall a lore card between Mithrax and Ido when he is trying to teach her how to use the splicer gauntlet, um, to like activate a shank essentially. Uh, and give it orders and and sure the way they talk about the shank is in a very um not not quite familial but it's like it's it's you know it's a house of light shank it's kind of like they include it as part of the family i i guess maybe in the same way that someone might think of a pet except it's a robot
0: okay Okay. No, I I like that reference. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, hey, here's your here's your pet Roomba. Turn <laughs> yeah. it on. Yeah, no, that's that's I I I can see that. No, that I like that. I do like that. So it's not that they're just like junk. They're not just like a a do nothing who gives a shit thing. It it's not that they're Maybe they were created out of necessity because of the the loss of house of house of stone, but i I do like that that idea of of shanks as pets. I kinda want a pet shank now
1: <laughs> Bungie, shank plush when
0: uh, oh man, <laughs> oh man, I would attach it to a drone <laughs> oh, <God>. so fast, <laughs> you have no idea. Like they got those little mini drones. I had one for the longest time, but I sucked at it. And just to make the damn thing hover took me literally like six hours of practicing with this thing. <laughs> the problem is the battery only lasts like 45 minutes. <laughs> and so you're like flipping through batteries as fast as you can just to get the damn thing to hover. It, it was a pain. Mm. But eventually I will, oh man, I will, I will totally, I will totally drone up a shank and fly it around. Have my pet shank? What's that? That's my pet shank. <laughs> uh, what's What's the name of the one in in the catch crash?
1: Uh oh, it, not. Yeah. It's not scurvy. <laughs> that's the servitor. Uh. Yeah. No, that's it. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. I thought it was because the it's
0: there's two because there's two um, there's there's two Elixir, one that that stays blocked off, and then the one that like jumps around. On the ships. Yeah. And then there's the, then there's Scurvy, which is the, the, the one shank. Yeah. Okay. Cause those are the three bosses, the shank and the two. Yeah. So yeah, Scurvy. Yeah. I'd name him Scurvy. Give him a, give him a, give him a pirate shank. Yarg. <laughs> which, so I guess presumably off of that, shanks existed during this period of, of piracy.
1: I, I would assume. So it was probably a case of, you know, I, I, I would assume actually a house dancer being the more technologically savvy of the
0: houses. Oh, yeah. Probably,
1: you know, was trying to develop some kind of defensive weaponry. I yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if either shanks came out of that or that's where the idea of mounting guns to shanks
0: came from. Yeah, I could see. <laughs> me, me. <laughs> now I'm picturing my dogs with with... <laughs> With laser beams attached to their heads. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's. Yep. That's exactly what's happening here. Shanks are their pets. And now they've put guns on them. (laughs) All right. Good job, Elixney. Yep.
1: Yep. So eventually, though, the long drift ends with them reaching the soul system. And. uh the time period where they would have arrived would be what we would consider near the late era of the dark ages where, you know, the humanity's collapse has already happened. You know, the, the forces of dark have come and gone and now it's the first risen. I, and a group of, you know, people are slowly migrating to the, the camp, essentially, that will become the last city that is under the Traveler. Uh, and we get a little bit of a timeline here where actually during the uh, Season of Plunder Week 5 cutscene, Aramis says that the Fallen arrived in the soul system centuries ago so the fallen oh. you know the fallen have been here since our dark ages but um you know multiples of hundreds of years that the fallen yeah. have been in the soul system
0: well and i mean i mean hell when i think of uh of um the awoken and them being here and petra talking about you know 16 centuries and whatnot mm-hmm. and 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 even um <laughs> Even poor Uldren coming back with his throat slit. There's aliens and one of them trying to kill me. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've definitely been here a hot second.
1: Uh-huh. Uh And so we get a little introduction to the what it looked like when they first arrived uh, through chapter two of the Above All Else lore book called The Whispering Dark. And it goes like this. We had sailed the long drift for centuries, but I had yet to come to terms with our new reality. My son had only borne witness to a fraction of it. He was still young, still struggling to understand his place in the world. The two children from house dancers, Rackus and Civics, were slightly older and had become his reluctant friends. They protected him from the adolescents who would steal his ether when I wasn't looking. It was not a family to me, not truly. I had yet to understand what that catch is kin. Once we found the great machine, we learned that it had uplifted a whole new species, granted them power beyond anything it had ever bestowed to us. That betrayal drove some in our house to despair, others to death, and many to violence. Adapting to this betrayal was to be our next challenge. I listened to the poison-minded advice of soft-shelled cowards and tried to speak with the great machine's new chosen, our usurpers. They repaid the machine's kindness with violence. Killed three of my closest friends. And I later discovered that they shucked their carpaces and wore their chiton as armor. We learned all we could about these usurpers. Like how their limbs were supple and could be pulled from their bodies far easier than our kind. And I came to love the sound of their screams. If violence was the only language they spoke, so be it. Time had made me fluent. Some of my house refused to abandon the old ways. The fools draped themselves in the naive remnant of splicers, praying to a god that had doomed us all. They could contemplate their failure with what was left of their lives in the cold dark. I had no time for them, save for goading them into raids. If we wanted to retake the great machine... We would not do it by prostrating ourselves like weeping children. We would take it back by force. We killed the machines chosen, taking what we could, rooting through the rotten innards of their dying world. We took refuge in the shadows of their dusty moon where the usurper's ruins stuck out like bones from the dust. It was empty. It was silent but there was value to be had in picking those old bones clean. On one such expedition, I had strapped my son to me and set out to pick over the bounty of bones, but it was not the spoils of spinnacle and plates of hard steel or fragments of clear cut that proved most valuable. It was what we found buried beneath the bones, what was buried deep. We traversed the day into dark tunnels, where something hideous festered beneath this moon's surface. Horrific creatures that stank of wet soil shrieked like dying animals and tore at flesh. They possessed a ferocity we had never seen before, and my raiding party was being whittled down one by one. But when it seemed like these creatures were to finish the rest of us off, they relented. They appeared to hear something, something that terrified them, something that left us to wonder: what are monsters afraid of? The creatures scurried back into their warrens and vanished in the, into the subterranean temple they spilled out of, and for a moment I thought I heard something too, something soft, a whisper, but as forceful as a scream that was when we saw it situated in a rift beyond the temple the true treasure of this dusty tomb a pyramid of jet black opening its doors for us and that's the end of that lore card well
0: damn this escalated the other way really quickly holy (laughs) crap um so, I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. Those two kids, what, what are their names again?
1: Rakus and Civix. Rakus is the original name of Spider. Uh, Civix is the uh, main fallen seemingly in charge of trying to uh, take the um, forges in Season of the Forge, the Black Armory forges.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha okay so who 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 is the speaker of this again who what's what's the name of that that elixir
1: yeah name. so the narrator of this is uh enox.
0: enox enox and that's 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 her 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 re- her chosen name or or how how does that work again
1: apparently in their house uh which is the house of gentle weavers, which we now know as the house of wolves right uh, her family gave her the name of Ethrex, and she chose the name of Enox. So okay. I think that's like a first name, last name scenario. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So her okay. first
1: name, which I guess she gets to choose her own first name, is Enox, and her last name would be Ethrex.
0: Okay. So it's not, it's not like, a, it's not like a, a moniker name and the nickname. It's it's more of a first name last name thing. Okay, that's the vibe okay. I get, I'm following yeah. now. I'm following around. Uh, they also talk about a usurper, a usurper, and that's that's the hive. That's the right. Well, that that's the, who they're mentioning. The
1: usurpers that they're referring to are humanity. Those that usurped the oh, great okay, machine. Okay,
0: okay, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I when you when you read it, it it seemed like they were talking about the usurpers that they encountered on the moon. And so that's where I was like, oh, oh yeah. Well, they've already come across these, this race before. Cause that's what chased them the hell out of Reese. And now to find them here in the soul system, like that's gotta be a shell shocking event, right? Like that's like a, wow. These guys chased it here too. These guys are after the same thing. We are. Although um, it's
1: an interesting point. So with Oryx was there, so it would right. be safe to assume that there were hive there probably as well as taken, but it almost yeah. seems like they aren't familiar with them because her description is that um you know horrific creatures that stank of wet soil and shrieked like oh, dying animals. Yeah. Um possessed a ferocity we had never seen before. So it, it doesn't sound like they recognize the hive. Okay.
0: I've got a theory here then. If because we know that the hive, as they evolved from the krill, right? That hunger became more and more and more and more. Maybe they didn't recognize them because they the the hive at this point in time. Now that they've the the fallen or the the elixir have come across them again, it's so much. It's so different than what they had seen before. That it's it, that hunger is so. Um, insatiable now, right? Because we knew we we know what we know that hunger tree, right? Like right. the thralls feed the acolytes, which feed the knights, which feed the wizard, which then feed Oryx, see One of those three, all the worm, all that, all that devouring, all that stuff feeds up the chain, and all this is just to feed the 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 the, the worm gods, which then feed Mama Worm, which then feeds the upending. Like that's that's how the whole chain works there, and so maybe maybe when the hive first came across the Elixni on reese and and drove them out and drove and the the machine you know traveler said peace i'm gone they didn't have that level of ferocity that at that point in time like they were still dangerous because we know we know like uh and that's that's a question there too um i guess when did oryx learn to take i i think it was around when they came across the ecumene that he had he had finally been shown the power because the ecumene almost wiped out the the hive. Yeah. Not wiped out. They they definitely came to a stalemate there, and then that's when Oryx came back and was like, "Hey, I've got these tablets. I know how to take now." Yeah. Uh, sucks to suck on the opposite side of that. So I mean, and and we don't know where the hive came across. Reese so so Oryx and the hive could have come could could have come across Reese before having the power to take which is why Chelche's is, is a gun now and not a taken <laughs> yeah right like that's true. the bones and the sinew of him what's the point cuz once they're taken who cares right like i i feel like once something is taken like they are no longer an entity they are just right um, i i don't even know what to call a taken right like they they have no will they have no nothing but Doom of Chelchis is a gun. It it is bones and, and muscle and sinew of Chelchis. I I think that orcs found like orcs in the hive came across Reese pre-Ecumene, wiped out House of Stone, obviously, made him into a gun, and moved on. And then once once that amount of time because obviously the, the 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 long drift lasted for centuries and and now they get to the soul system and more centuries have passed like i mean i this I, this this i feel like this makes sense
1: it it definitely does and in, in a lot of ways the only thing that makes me wonder is just it's that unreliability of the timeline um sure because sure. oryx if i recall correctly references that they have you know the hive have been crusading across the galaxy for billions of years before right, he ends right. up in the soul system, so it's like it's not impossible. it certainly isn't impossible that he hadn't learned how to take before meeting Reese, but then it's like was was his ability to take a fairly recent thing by the time he got to us? It didn't seem like it
0: could be so. Well, and I, so, okay, so a billion is a thousand, thousand years, right? Or is that a thousand, thousand, thousand? Uh, <laughs> it's a thousand, thousand, thousand years. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know that might be. That's a long time. That's a long fucking time. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I just, I okay. don't know where <laughs> they intersected. And it it could be that maybe the House of Stone were the only ones to actually fight and and see the
0: enemy. True, because they were like the front line. They were like, "We're going to stand as bulwarks, so the rest of you can escape."
1: Yeah. So maybe that's the case. Maybe none of them ever came face to face. Ever even came across it before. Yeah,
0: that could be it too. But but one way or another, they come across the whispers, and they come across. Bum 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 pyramid ship. Yep, the
1: lunar pyramid which,
0: ship. Which they they've seen these things before, like presumably. Well, well maybe maybe they saw them before, because again, the whole battle battle over Reese, or I guess, do you call that a battle? I don't know what to call that a losing <laughs> slaughter, a a losing slaughter. I don't know what to call that. Um, but we don't know if Oryx brought uh, pyramid ships with them there.
1: No, no, we don't. Um. But we do know what happened next. So they found this, this grand, this, this dark black pyramid ship under Luna. And as we see in the season of plunder week five cutscene, scene, Mithrax's mother with tiny little Mithrax still strapped to her chest.
0: Oh, this is Mithrax's mom.
1: Entered the pyramid and found Nezarek entombed in the lunar pyramid and she harvested his body and turned the pieces into the relics of dark power. Boom. And that's what we're going to be
0: done for tonight. Well, you you <laughs> you you. Okay. All right. Well, all right. All right. I see you. Um Yeah, that's okay. So 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 the narrator is Mithrax's mom. Yes. Cause, yeah, because you're right, because she was the one that 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 first came across Nazarach, chopped him up, said, oh, look, darkness, this is pretty close to light. Let's use this. God, she drifted all that time. You yep. know, that's mind-blowing, too, to think that that Mithrax and Spider were like... Brothers, essentially. To, essentially, yeah. Yeah, like stepbrothers, right? Yeah. Like, Yeah. And then to go from Step Brothers into, I mean, there's, I know there's a whole set I'm skipping there, so I'll just leave that for next time. <laughs> all right, all right, you. Um, shoutouts. We did a thing. We did a thing. Uh... We made a goal <laughs> that we didn't even think we made, and then it got made for us, and then it happened t- two and a half months early. We hit fifty thousand listens. Uh, that only took us ten months—less than ten months,
1: something like that. Nine yeah. months.
0: Holy shit! Yeah, it is pretty insane. So yeah, so we hit fifty thousand overall listens across all of our episodes. Uh, and myth, you threw it out there on 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 the twits on the tweeters and And we got some shout outs from that, yeah, uh,
1: as well as some some other places, but I definitely wanted to to shout out some of the the people that were very kind about us hitting that fifty k milestone, and actually, as absolutely insane as it is, I had just checked our numbers. we are already at fifty three thousand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. Well, new goal: seventy k by the end of the year. <laughs> That's happening. <laughs>
1: Holy shit! Uh, but no. So just just to to give some shout outs and and some personalized thanks. Um,
0: is that three k in a week? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah. So. From from that Twitter sort of thread, we had uh blazing legacy who we've we've had shout outs from before um who just says thank you easily the best destiny podcast there is here's to a hundred k next year, damn straight
0: <laughs> shit <laughs> shit we may we may make that by next week <laughs>
1: uh, but they thank you very much for that uh, yeah, hell yeah, say we have uh one from a darren i who says this one time? I will say what Z says incessantly. I like it.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I. There's there's a lot of things that like I, I don't even know what to say when it, when I reanalyze it and think about it, and all I can think of is yeah, that 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 gels. That I like it. It just it makes <laughs> sense. It it falls in line. Hooray, Bungie writers, you're doing your job. Good job, Bungie writers. Keep it up. Yeah so yeah thank you
1: yeah uh we have another one from uh desaya who says uh thank you for making such an enjoyable podcast always get hyped for a new series and it makes my day so much easier keep doing what you do it's greatly appreciated well guess what new series new, right new now. series bam
0: <laughs> bam new series um, you ask and we provide
1: absolutely uh but glad to hear that that you're enjoying it and that it, it makes your day easier that's always good to hear uh i
0: i love i love all the, all the all the guys and gals and that 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 let us know it makes their day easier like i it it, it makes me so happy i like it <laughs> i like it
1: <laughs> uh and say and our, our last one from this thread uh that we're gonna and talk about tonight was from uh BT who just says, thanks to you. A couple of legends keeping my destiny flame alive on the boss's time.
0: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> so one, one of our many, it seems people that uh choose us over work. So thank you.
0: <laughs> Don't get fired. <laughs> I, I ne- I ne- that's, yeah, that's the only thing I ask, right? Like, yay listen to us please don't get fired over us <laughs> i don't know if i can live with myself with that that's that's a rough one but yeah oh
1: yeah but uh we had a couple of additional shout outs tonight that come to us from the various reviews uh so we're gonna read some of those out
0: i love those those are myth will send me he'll he'll find these during the week and and he'll just send me a, a screenshot of it uh and i'll you know sometimes i'll be in the middle of 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 just kind of either having a bad day or just a shitty time and then I see it and I just get I just get happy when I see these they they make me happy. Yeah.
1: No, they're great. I uh, So we have one from uh Audible that comes to us from a J Enox uh who was kind enough to leave a five star review. Thank you for that. Uh says great storytelling, great personality. Never fails to bring a smile to my face. I've been listen uh listening on amazon music for a while but it doesn't have a rating system keep up the good work well thank yeah. you yeah thank you for, for absolutely feeling strongly enough to switch platforms just to leave a review
0: that's <laughs> that's that is that is a that that does mean a lot i absolutely love that
1: uh so we have a few others coming to us from apple podcast i let's say the first of those says uh, another very kind five stars thank you uh, who says love the podcast perfect for my commute every day and they ask is there any way to listen to the beginning episodes y'all mentioned an earlier episode about Mara Sov and I couldn't find it seems like a few are oh. missing so there's a there's a little bit of a story here yes uh, so we we do have a few uh things that we we recorded very very early on. That um, because they were very early on, and we had no idea what we were doing.
0: Not that we do now, literally no clue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we kind of have a clue now. It's
1: but uh, they were awful, awful audio quality, and they were not in a format that when we moved to Podbean, we could get to without having just like a bunch of white noise and stat. It was it was bad. Um,
0: however, it was it was pretty rough.
1: However, the good news is that all of the previous subjects that we talked about in this, uh, in those, those very first episodes, which were uh, the Awoken and the Glycon, um, we have reprised. I think a little bit of Aldrin as well. I, I think a little bit of Aldrin. You're right. Um, we have reprised those. So for Marasov in particular, uh, we tell her story in our Awoken series and, and pretty much almost all of the Awoken series is essentially the story of Mara Sov. Uh, yep. and then we have a, a, episode dedicated to the Glycon, which was another one of those really early ones. Um, right now I think the earliest one you can listen to from us is, uh, the penguins of Europa, um, which I think technically was like episode four,
0: that was one that we were able to rip the audio from. Yeah,
1: we were able to grab the audio from there so you can enjoy it and all its terrible quality.
0: Yeah, Any anytime we mention Mara or, or an episode about Mara or early episodes, um, typically we're referring to either the Awoken story as a whole, um, which is, like Miss said, all of Mara, or our very first recording of it, which was way the hell back then.
1: Yeah, which you can just listen to the current Awoken story and you'll get honestly better content than you did. It's before. so much better. But, uh, but no, so thank, thank you for enjoying what you have listened to. And yeah, you can, you can get that same content from those earlier episodes in the, in the reprisals. Um, so we have another one from Apple podcasts here that, uh, and I, I have to laugh because the username is parents are disappointed, which is phenomenal, sir. Congrats it's, to you on that username.
0: I mean, eh, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it, it is a vibe for sure. Um, but they say uh, these two can make me laugh and smile while working a minimum wage job in retail. There's no higher compliment I can give a podcast. These two are excellent foils for each other. They had me hooked from their initial release of their Books of Sorrow series, which I highly recommend uh well thank you books yeah so sorrow was was a little was a little ways back now so i uh, thank you that for was, continuing to listen since then
0: that that was one that uh that i think i think i pushed for because i was like i want to do something big and it was it was during that big dead time I, I say dead time it was it was during that really long season right before witch queen and then like we And and we keep doing this. We keep lucking into what we're covering next um, because we covered all of that. And then I think we had like a week or two of covering Erisborn. And then Witch Queen happened. And there was so much lore that we had covered that helped refresh my memory of some of the things that happened. That as we're going through Witch Queen, we're like, oh, my God, this is what they were talking about. The Books of Sorrow and da-da-da-da-da. It was so perfect it was it it was one one of my favorite ones to cover just cuz they again taken king was where i started playing destiny uh, back in d1 so the the hive and the taken and all that take taken specifically uh but like to see the history of the hive and, and all of that was that's one of my favorites so yeah thank you so much for continuing to listen yeah
1: no absolutely um so we have one last one from apple podcast tonight uh which comes to us from a wobbles uh another five stars so thank you very much for that uh but their their comment is that as a landscaper i can't hear when i'm mowing i love love the stories though keep it up and the subject was great content just make it louder um so thank you very much for enjoying everything (laughs) uh I can't make any guarantees about making it louder because I, I try really hard to try and get a balance for uh you know the average headphone user that maybe isn't dealing with uh machinery in the immediate vicinity. Um so I don't want to necessarily blow anyone's ears out just to crank the volume a little bit for people that may be in those uh outlier situations, but uh yeah, we'll 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 see if we can tweak it a little bit. But uh thank you very much for for listening when you can.
0: Absolutely. I do, I do feel your pain with the, with the landscaping and, and having to listen because, or, or trying to listen while landscaping. Uh, Cause when I mow my yard, I, I sometimes I'll play back some of our episodes so I can kind of have a refresher and I, it, it's, it's, it's a little rough to hear, but uh, but yeah, thank, thank you for, thank you for trying. Thank you for, <laughs> for, for an attempt. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully you get to listen to the to the full episodes.
1: Yeah, uh, I know it is certainly not an option for everybody. I, I get, you know, and everyone has different financial constraints. But if you have the ability to invest in a decent pair of noise canceling headphones or earbuds, they make mowing the lawn so much nicer when you're trying to listen to music or podcasts or whatever. So
0: yeah, just I keep it I have mind. not done that, and it's it sucks (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no that's uh i i know and this this is something that i've done recently too uh where i'll have like uh um a set of noise canceling headphones that aren't um i guess i guess they're just mufflers at that point like they're not they're not there's not a headset it's not like it, you can't plug audio into it. It's literally just like ear protection is all it is. Oh yeah. But then I'll take like an earbud and slide the wire up in there underneath it and pop an, pop an earbud in um, in one ear. So that way I can have audio that way. Yeah. And then you have a little bit of cancellation too. So that's, that's, that's obviously that's, that that could be hopefully another solution. I, I know we're trying to come up with solutions to this, but <laughs> problem, <laughs> problem solvers at heart is what we are. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: so, and say so that is the end of the shout outs for tonight but um i, I do just wanna do a, a blanket thank you again you know fifty k fifty three thousand now is uh I,
0: I swear ridiculous i swear a week ago it was like forty seven like am i i am i crazy it,
1: it feels like it it feels like it was it feels
0: like a week or two ago it was like forty seven do we jump six k in in a week? I said 3K earlier. Did we jump 6K <laughs> in a week? If we jump 6K in a week, something is happening, and I'm scared.
1: <laughs> I I I uh, I don't have the statistics in front of me at the moment to tell you, but fair enough. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty nuts either way, and um, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, just thank you, everybody.
0: Absolutely, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and then i got to give a special thank you. Um, Oh, I've got a ton to choose from today. Yeah. You know what? Thank you, House Stone. Thank you, Chiltress, for being the bastion, for being the final stand, for being the wall to let the few Eliksni that could escape. Even if they do try to murder me on a daily (laughs) basis.
1: Single-handedly... House Stone is probably the only reason that elixni are even around.
0: God, so somber. Okay. Uh, well, you got anything else, myths? No, that's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.